My name is Teresa Trin, and I am Executive Board President of the Vietnamese Culture and Science Association. And what we're doing here today is we are here to promote Lên Đường Youth Leadership Development Camp, founded by the Vietnamese Culture and Science Association. And my name is Jamie. Uh, my Vietnamese name is uh, Đăng Duy. I am the Camp Master of uh, Lên Đường Camp 2023. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over. Something that I've always thought about is the fact that um, I straddle both cultures very well, I believe. And I feel that um, being Vietnamese means a lot, a sense of pride, um, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of sacrifice. Um, my parents came over here as boat people in 1975, and I was born a year later. And so um, growing up, I was very much immersed in my Vietnamese culture, and it's something that I carry to this day. And I'm very proud of the fact that I am Vietnamese. Um, the accomplishments of our culture, our people in such a very short amount of time, a time is astonishing to me. So being Vietnamese means that I can take pride in my culture, in my uh, traditions, and just loving everything about my culture, food especially. <laughs> Jamie? Well, being Vietnamese uh, for me, meaning that um, I can still speak Vietnamese. Um, so I came over here, um, well, I came to Canada uh, back in 1989. So, uh, cũng đã hơn 30 năm rồi mà 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 Duy vẫn nói được tiếng Việt. Đó là nhờ ba mẹ uh, lúc nào cũng uh, dạy cho Duy biết là người Việt của mình còn. Không? Tiếng Việt còn thì người Việt sẽ còn. Cho nên Duy lúc nào cũng ráng học hỏi, uh, ráng học nói tiếng Việt. Và những lúc mà đi ra gặp bạn bè, chẳng hạn như là gặp Teresa hay gặp Ken, Duy cũng ráng nói tiếng Việt để cho mình lúc nào cũng nhớ tiếng Việt của mình. Chứ khi mà mình quên tiếng Việt của mình thì là mình sẽ không còn là người Việt nữa. Great answer. You know, uh, back in the day when I was growing up, we had in California, we had a few things. We had Jahanim Din, which was mm -hmm. a Catholic camp. And I think there was three, four hundred uh, people, kids that were coming from 17 churches in L.A. or Orange County. And it was such a beautiful experience to be around Vietnamese people for the weekend. And I think that this... Um, also happened in Missouri, Carthage, Missouri. Um, mm -hmm. It is called Tan uh, Mau. Uh, Dai Hoi Tan Mau. The Marian Days Marian Festival. Days, yeah. Yeah. Dai Hoi Tan Do you guys know if it's still going on? Yes, it's still going on every year. And it, I believe it is the second weekend in August still. Yeah. yeah I got to find time to go because it was such... I went maybe five times and it was such wow. a beautiful... Yeah, Jamie, have when you was ever the last time you went? Um, in the 90s. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't gone, but it has changed tremendously. The whole area is all built out now and they've expanded. So my parents still go every year and I still want to go back and see. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I remember in the 90s, that was in the 90s. I can't imagine what it's like today. And maybe no. uh, maybe we should do maybe we should do a trip and go together and then re-experience that again. I've never gone, but I've heard so much about it. And I'm a Catholic too. I always want to go, but I never have anybody to go with me. Maybe yeah, we, we all should, can go together. We should all go this August or something, yeah. you know. And I think yes. we can learn a few things for yes. London and you know for even for the podcast. I I think that experience is, you know, my mother would probably go crazy if she heard that <laughs> I was going because I haven't gone to church since the '90s, right? Like I left. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> same here guilty <laughs> too yeah so yeah and now we'll talk about that too because i found it interesting in the um the information that you sent that on sundays you guys split up uh the buddhists and the catholics uh to split up and spend time so i i would love to talk about that when we when we get into it but those two uh summer events happen when i was growing up and i think that now finding out about Lindum. I'm so thrilled to to talk more about that today. Yeah, and I'm thankful for Lin Dung. Um, a fun fact that you don't know is Jamie is actually Canadian. And we first became friends through Camp Lin Dung. 
And even a more fun fact is he met his wife through Camp Lindung. And so he married her and she's an American. So he came down and now he's an American citizen, right? Uh, no, no, I, I'm I'm keeping my uh, Canadian citizen because of, oh, the, dual because of the healthcare, you know. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but, but no, I, I'm a proud green card holder. <laughs> good, good, good. And and that's another thing I wanted to talk about too, because at Jahanim Tin and Ngai Tan Maua, it it a lot of couples meet that way too. So I think that that's a beautiful thing that I would love to talk about because the Taiwanese have this thing called the love boat. They had that back then. And parents would send their kids because they knew that it was very difficult for Taiwanese and Taiwanese kids to meet and start families. So this was like one of those ways that I think Lendung, because I think the age range that Lendung is 25 to 30, or is it younger? It's, it's a little younger. It's 18. It 18. starts at about 18, 19. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So how did you both become involved in this camp? Uh, Jamie, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Teresa, you, you can go first. <laughs> okay. So um, I had always been approached by my parents to attend Camp Lindung. My dad is a founding member of Hội Văn Hóa Hoa Vietnam, which is VCSA in Vietnamese. And they have always asked me, but I've just never found time to go. And it wasn't until I uh, graduated from college that I had more free time. And so I went. And um, it wasn't it was a curiosity thing. It wasn't really like, oh, I, I really want to go. It was more of like, okay, mom and dad have been talking about this. They've been encouraging me to go. Let's go and see what it, it is. And I really have to say that um, I'm so thankful that I went. It has changed my life completely. Um, it's made me the leader I am today. And I believe that Camp Lindung has played a major role in me being able to step into the role of president of the organization today. Mm -hmm. Còn, còn mình là um, từ lúc mà mình qua bên Canada năm 1989 rồi lúc đó ba mẹ bắt đi học tiếng Việt uh, ở nhà thờ tại ba mẹ dạy tiếng Việt ở nhà thờ thì lúc đó là ngoài Việt Nam cùng với Canada ra là Duy chưa bao giờ đặt chân hay là đi đến một chỗ nào khác thì năm 2003 uh, tình cờ gặp chị Anh Lan là một là người founder của chạy lên đường thì chị Anh Lan có uh, nhảy mời Duy đi chạy lên đường thì lúc đó là lần đầu tiên Duy đặt chân đến nước Mỹ lúc đó mình mới biết được là À, từ đó giờ mình giống như con cốc ngồi dưới đáy giếng vậy đó như là mình mình ở chỗ ở ở một chỗ mà mình nghĩ là mình biết hết tất cả và khi mà mà, mà duy đi chạy lên đường rồi duy gặp gỡ rất là nhiều bạn mà gọi là cùng chung lứa tuổi và cùng chung chí hướng à, và nó giúp cho duy mở mang trí óc của duy ra cho duy biết được là à, ngoài ngoài chỗ duy ở là còn có nhiều tài năng có nhiều tuổi trẻ ở khắp mọi nơi mà có thể giúp duy uh, uh, có thể để trở thành một nhà lãnh đạo tốt hơn rất là nhiều và cũng ở chạy lên đường mà duy gặp được uh, Teresa and then uh, and then we become really really good friend at that time we call each other BFFFF like best yeah. friend from far far away mm -hmm. <laughs> right and yeah then, yeah and then and, and then we just become best friend and we did and then and then every time we see each other's and and we just hang out and now I moved over here to Houston and then I get to see her every day and now she is the president of VCSA and then I want to come back uh, to to help her and then I want to come back to to give everything that I have to this camp because I believe in this camp. It's so crazy the way you just explain uh, um, and that's how I feel about the podcast. Same thing. I right. felt like I knew everything about <laughs> Vietnamese people. Mà thật ra chưa chưa tới một phần trăm của những người uh, lãnh đạo, những người có tài, những người mà thành công của người Việt Nam mình ở hải ngoại và bên Việt Nam. We, we just don't know, right? And yeah. mình cũng không có biết về cái cái chạy lên đường này. I had no idea that this even existed until Teresa reached out. And I'm so proud that we have these organizations and những cái uh, uh, việc tổ chức like uh, chạy lên đường. It's so amazing to 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 hear about it. How did it start? Um, well, it started in, oh gosh, I have the date somewhere. It's been so long. What is it? 1998 in Fort Worth, which is a city that is adjacent to Dallas, Texas. And at that time we had 300, no, we had 180 campers our first year. And they were mostly from um, Texas and a few from Oklahoma. And it was the brainchild of um, Dr. Englang Nguyen. Uh, she is a a member of VCSA, a longtime member of VCSA, um, former president. 
And she decided that she wanted a leadership camp for those between the ages of 18 to 35. And not only we call it a leadership camp, but it is so much more. We also have cultural aspects, team building aspects. And so it really is a camp for everyone. And so we started in Fort Worth, like I said, with 180 campers the following year. Um, it was uh, held in Livingston, Texas, which is northeast of Houston a little bit. And the number almost doubled from 180 to 312 campers. So you can imagine with the, the large number of um, campers each year, we had to have a large number of staff. And all of this is volunteer. These are people who are um, on the boards of VCSA and also their friends and family that have come out to help. So um, it is a really encouraging moment to see everybody work together to put on something for the community for the young people in the Vietnamese community yeah, yeah so, so so Linda and Cam it's not just in Texas um in 2003 uh it was the first time that Linda and Cam was organized outside of Texas it was in Memphis Tennessee and that's where I went and in 2004 it was in California it was in uh, San Diego wow mm -hmm. and uh and in 2005 we came back to Texas and then in 2009, the first time Linda and Cam went to Canada, and um, and um, we have, I think, about over 200, 200 campers that went to this camp in 2009. So we've been around too many different states uh, in the U.S. and also in Canada, too. It, it makes me wonder how many of these situations like Camp Lindung that Vietnamese people don't know about, right? Lindung is like one of maybe hundreds of events and organizations that happen with no amplification. I, I I don't know any of my friends that know Camp Lindung and we we are very deep in the culture of Vietnamese in uh, in the US in the diaspora. And this is the first time I've heard of it. And I am a big proponent of camping. I love to camp and be outdoors and be part of this conversation of leadership and all these other Vang Hoa mm -hmm. conversations that we have within our community. So you know, this is uh, um, a, an amazing thing that we get to explore. And I am so, again, grateful to hear about this this camp. What activities actually happen at the camp every year? So basically, uh, for let, let me, uh, so I can answer this for Teresa. Um, so Linden Camp uh, usually start on Friday and end on Monday. Uh, Friday is the day when everybody's just coming in, um, gather around, and then we're going to divide all of them into teams, into 12 different teams. And Saturday, we want to focus on leadership skills. Um, so on Saturday, everything that we teach is all about leadership skills, communication skills, uh, nonviolent communication, and many different kind of workshops. We have different, we have a lot of uh, um uh, speakers uh, coming in. Teresa can talk about those speakers after. And then on Sunday, we just focus on, uh, we call it Culture Day. We just focus on văn hóa, lịch sử của Việt Nam. Everything we do on Sunday is all about Vietnam. We want to teach the kid, uh, you know, uh, about Vietnam. Chẳng hạn như là, we have thả thơ. I don't know if you know anything about thả thơ. So we have thả thơ in, uh, on, on Sunday để dạy cho mấy, mấy bạn trẻ biết về ca dao và tục ngữ của Việt Nam. Rồi sau đó mình có trò chơi lớn, trò chơi lớn. Mình lòng có trò chơi nó vào một cái câu chuyện, mà nhất là những câu chuyện lịch sử Việt Nam. Có năm mình làm gọi là uh, Trần Quốc Toản, uh, Trần Quốc Toản, uh, uh, nói về Trần Quốc Toản vì anh hùng tuổi trẻ của chúng mình. Có năm mình nói về Trần Hưng Đạo, đánh đuổi uh, giặc Mông Cổ. Có năm mình nói về Nguyễn Huệ, uh, vua Quang Trung Nguyễn Huệ. Uh, cho nên xong rồi tối đó mình có một cái lửa chạy và tất cả các bạn trẻ được À, 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 quay quần bên nhau hát những bài hát à, về tuổi trẻ và chơi những cái trò chơi à, vòng tròn à, chung với nhau để tìm hiểu thêm về về về, về tiếng Việt của mình và về, về lịch sử văn hóa của mình và thứ hai và ngày cuối cùng thứ hai là ngày mà chúng ta có thể gọi là ngày mà chia tay thì trong ngày đó thì chúng ta à, à, được viết những cái gọi là à, à, những cái câu chia tay mà trong sau, sau đó chúng ta được bỏ vào những cái bao của từng à, của từng cái trại sinh đó và chúng ta có thể chia sẻ những 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 cái những cái kỷ niệm mà chúng ta có trong 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 ba ngày vừa qua thì Teresa có thể giới thiệu những những người khi nốt mà chúng ta đã từng mời vào trại lên đường. Okay, well usually ở trong trại lên đường đó là mình có một người keynote speaker là đó là năm nay là Bun Trần. Um, Boon Chan là một người bác sĩ cũng như là một người mà có cơ sở thương mại. So Boon is a former camp master at Lên Đường 
And what he did was he um, later on, he became a optometrist and he built a successful optometry business with several offices. And then he decided that he's going to follow his passion. And so he started opening up um, small business that had to do with food and beverage. He opened up a brewery. He opened up a bang me shop. So um, he is the ideal person to come back and kind of share his experience and thoughts with our Landon campers through his uh, personal growth through Landon, through VCSA, and now onto his separate businesses. And like Jamie said, we also have workshops uh, for a different aspects of workshops. We have a um, small workshops in which campers can divide into teams and go attend, uh, one of which is um, led by Ms. Linda Akutagawa. I'm sorry, Akutagawa. And she's from an organization based, I think, in San Diego called uh, LEAP, Leadership Education for Asian Pacifics. And she's been with us for many years. The organization has been with many years. And so she's decided to come back and visit us again. Also, we have um, from Lyceum Life Skills and Professional Development, Dr. Ang Lan Nguyen. She is a founder of VCSA, I mean, of the Langdon Camp at VCSA. And she has decided to come back and give um, a, a wonderful workshop on grace. Um, I'm not going to tell you too much about grace, but the grace values is something that we really cherish within VCSA and that we kind of push throughout camp. It's it's amazing. And then we have um, our cultural presenters, um, the founder of VCSA, um, doc, uh, Mr. Bao Nguyen, and he will uh, talk more about the cultural aspects of the Vietnamese culture in America. But this year we are, are trying to um, invite uh, Mr. Jeff Watkins of YMCA International. Hopefully he can join us. And his topic would be interracial marriage. <laughs> and that is because he is married to a Vietnamese woman. And he, I would say, is almost fully proficient in Vietnamese himself. Yeah, he can speak Vietnamese really well. Yeah, really well. Probably better than mo- some of our campers, actually. Mm-hmm. And so we'd really like for him to be able to join us and speak on um, the values and the difficulties of in being in an interracial marriage with when a person is Vietnamese and you are not. So that is some of the the different aspects that we have going on at camp. We also have, of course, from East Films, we have um, writer, director, Ham Chan. We have executive producer, Jenny Lee. And of course, we have you, Ken, that's going to be joining us for the first time this year. Thank you for Um, that invitation. I know we are are so excited to have your team join us because it it gives us a different perspective. Um, In years past, we focused on the traditional... Uh, careers for Asian Americans, for Vietnamese Americans, you know, the doctors, lawyers, and we're still going to have some of that, but we're also going to look at different other aspects of careers, such as the um, artistic careers, the creative careers. And so in addition to the team from East Films, we'll also have um, fashion designer, project runway winner, and owner of Dow, Chloe Dow Boutique in Houston, uh, Miss Chloe Dow. And then we also have um, chef owner of a number of well-known restaurants in Houston, uh, Aiko, Handy's, Duozo, Kokoro, and that is Mr. Patrick Pham. He will be talking about opening up a small business, being a chef, and those non-traditional Vietnamese careers and how his parents, you know, felt about him going to that career. So we're very excited about that. Wonderful. Because, that sounds like an amazing lineup. Yeah, we're so excited. We're so excited to have everybody join us. If you uh, ever need uh, more uh, exposure with other careers, you know, we have... Uh, obviously a plethora of Vietnamese people doing wonderful things, people in the NASA, FBI, uh, all over the country doing amazing things. So just reach out if you need um, other types of guests to come to sure. Camp Lindung and I'll, uh, I'll ask for that to be arranged. Great. And I work for NASA too. I'm a NASA contractor through Boeing down here in Houston. So oh, wow. what do you yeah, do? That's my NASA? day job. Huh? What do you do um, for them? So I do a lot of quality stuff. Um, any experiment that flies to the space station, it has to fulfill these requirements. It can't weigh too much, draw too much power, be made of the right material. And so when these experiments fly to the space station, they submit their documentation to me saying they've met those qualifications. And so I review the documentations against what the requirements say. And I say, okay, you're good to go or not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing because, you know, there's Vietnamese people in all aspects of American life, you know, working mm-hmm. throughout the country doing just really amazing things like what you mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. And it's so exciting. It makes me so proud of our culture and, and what we've accomplished in such a short amount of time in 40, 45 years or so that we've been able to to, um, I guess, kind of go into the mainstream more so and and be a part of all those careers that 
that you don't really think about when you were younger, as when we were younger as Vietnamese people, and we were like, oh, you know, you got to be a doctor, a lawyer, but now we're branching out into all these different careers. And I think that's something to be commended for our community. Amazing. Yeah. Now, how do you all figure out the theme or is there a running theme annually? You know, do you switch it up uh, every year? And if you do, how do you come to that agreement or how do you come to the decision of what to base the weekend off of? I'll let so, you take that one. Okay. So every year we have different kind of theme and it, it is up to the camp masters and the two camp master assistants and, and, and the program team to come up with a theme to tie everything together. So back in 2018, we have a theme called Ew. Ew là tiếng Việt là love, right? Nhưng mà dịch ra tiếng Anh là Youth Empowering Unity. Có nghĩa là tuổi trẻ đoàn kết uh, tạo ra sức mạnh. And um, so after, after that camp, um, 2019, uh, 2020, and 21, 22, because of COVID, we, 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 we have to postpone the camp until now in, in 2023. So to, in 2023, we want to continue that theme. So, in, but in case of uh, instead of call it call it ill, we call it theme. So this year theme is theme. Mm-hmm. Theme là trái tim của mình và cũng có nghĩa là together impacting many. Và nếu mà cái chữ together impacting many mà dịch ra tiếng Việt á là dịch ra thành câu ca dao gọi là một cây làm chẳng lên non, ba cây chụm lại lên hòn núi cao. Và năm nay mình muốn focus vô cái unity, cái đoàn kết của tuổi trẻ Việt Nam của chúng ta. Tại vì một trong những cái một trong những cái mà Di nhận xét được trong cộng đồng của chúng ta là cộng đồng Việt Nam của chúng ta rất, có rất là nhiều uh, um, tài năng, có rất là nhiều tuổi trẻ, có rất là nhiều người rất là thành đạt. Nhưng mà một cái mà mình hơi yếu là là, là về về uh, sức mạnh của đoàn kết. Uh, mỗi người Việt chúng ta lúc nào mình cũng có một cái hội riêng hay là có một cái công ty riêng hay là có một cái business riêng và ít khi nào mà mình đàn kết lại để làm việc chung với nhau và nếu mà mình có đàn kết lại làm việc chung với nhau là mình chỉ có làm cái maybe một năm làm một lần hay là một năm làm hai ba lần thì rất là ít và mỗi lần mà mình đàn kết mà ít như vậy thì mình mình chỉ làm được vài chuyện nhỏ thôi mà mình không có làm được chuyện lớn thì duy hy vọng là sau khi các bạn trẻ đi chạy lên đường này các bạn sẽ học uh, Uh, cách lãnh đạo và các bạn sẽ được uh, uh, đoàn kết uh, học học đoàn kết và làm việc chung với nhau và từ đó các bạn sẽ nhận thức được, được ra rằng là nếu chúng ta muốn đi xa thì chúng ta phải đoàn kết làm việc chung với nhau và đó là chủ đề của của trẻ năm nay nhưng mà bây giờ Ken hỏi nè hôm này hay ghê uh-huh. cấn nha okay. tại sao văn hóa và người mình cái việc đoàn kết hay bị yếu uh-huh. mà trong khi á những cái Văn hóa khác, những cái người khác như là Đại Hàng Người Đại Hàng thì họ làm việc rất là đoàn kết với nhau Mặc dù người ta cũng có những cái You know uh, Problems and issues trong cộng đồng của người ta Nhưng mà tại sao mà Cái lý do gì người Việt Nam mình á, Thiếu cái sự đoàn kết Because you hear it all the time And I always wonder yeah. I always muốn phân tích Tại sao mà mình như vậy Nếu mà mình phân tích được tại sao đó Thì nhiều khi mình có chỉnh được At the level of the why, right? Mm-hmm. Why are we? Why do we know that we are deficient at this idea of unity? What can we do to to fix and repair that? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, you know, like you said, to to be able to fix it, we have to get to the heart of it, right? And I I really can't explain. Sometimes I feel like it's it's a matter of trying to one up one another, maybe. I, I have an answer for that. Yeah, okay, I want to hear it. We're going to spend some time on this because I, you know, this yeah. Is really yeah. I think uh, the reason why is because we're too talented. We we have too many leaders, and then you cannot have too many chefs in the, in, you know, in one kitchen. And and người Việt Nam của chúng mình là mình rất là mình quá giỏi đi. Cho nên người nào cũng muốn làm lãnh đạo hết. Mà nếu mà người nào cũng muốn làm lãnh đạo hết thì mình không thể nào vào đàn làm việc chung với nhau được. Cho nên mình mà muốn đàn cách làm việc chung với nhau thì Kể cả những người lãnh đạo, mình cũng phải biết lùi lại một hai bước để làm một member thường thôi, để giúp cho những người, để giúp cho một người lãnh đạo khác. Chẳng hạn như là uh, hồi xưa chúng ta uh, có hội nghị Diên Hồng, thì hội nghị Diên Hồng là một trong những hội nghị Diên Hồng mà uh, uh, Trần Hưng Đạo đã 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 tổ chức uh, để để tập hợp lại tất cả những nhân tài của nước Việt Nam của mình để đánh quân Mông Cổ. Thì tất cả những nhân tài đã tụ họp về và không có ai muốn làm leader riêng của mình hết và tất cả mọi người đều muốn 
đoàn kết chung với nhau để uh, có một cái uh, uh, có một cái nguyên nhân là đánh đuổi uh, 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 quân Mông Cổ. Thì bây giờ uh, trong xã hội này, tất t- t- nhiên chúng ta không còn chiến tranh nữa. Thì người tài giỏi của chúng ta quá nhiều và không có ai muốn là một người member thường hết. Nếu chúng ta vô, uh, gia nhập một vào một hội đàn và chúng ta uh, cống hiến những cái tài năng chúng ta có và chúng ta không cần phải đứng lên làm lãnh đạo. Chúng ta có một người khác làm lãnh đạo rồi và chúng ta À, tin tưởng vào cái vision của người đó và cống hiến cái tài năng của mình thì người Việt Nam của mình mới đi xa còn nếu mà ai mà cũng muốn làm lãnh đạo thì chúng ta sẽ không đi xa được nhưng mà cái tâm lý của cái vấn đề cống hiến á nó ừ. rắc rối lắm tại vì cái tôi á cái tôi ừ. của người Việt ừ. Nam right ừ. the ego rất là cao uh-huh. rất là cao but it's not, cao thì is healthy nhưng mà having it under control to ừ. move the ừ. ball forward is I think something that we have not really taken the time as a culture a thousand years to really say, you know what, let's get behind the leaders. And then how do you pick a leader when everybody's mm-hmm. so yoy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's true. That's the most difficult one. We're going to have yeah. to keep figuring this out. That the unity requires an understanding of the mechanical side of the ego that I don't mm-hmm. think that we've done deep exploration with. That's just what I'm hearing from both of you. I hope that I'm not too far off. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think you're too far off. Is yeah, cái tôi của ai cũng lớn hết. So, cái, cái, I don't know how to be more like. I guess people need to be more kim nhường, right? To be more, yeah. uh, more kim nhường and learn how to work with other people. Um, and and that takes a lot. Um, I don't know if it's a generational thing. Do you see that a lot in the, the younger generation too, or is this something that you see? In the older generation, I think that the younger generation really hasn't had that opportunity to step up and be those type of leaders that, you know, our our elders were, right? And we saw a lot of this, um, I guess, the congregant in the older generation, and sometimes it af- af- affects us, the younger generation, a little bit more. But I think that it is a perfect opportunity for us in our generation because we're not the youngest of the generations, right? We're kind of like split in the middle between the two cultures. And what I'm hoping is that our generation is able to take all the lessons learned of the older generation and to kind of incorporate in our generation so that we can learn that, okay, you know, being positive with each other, helping each other out, really being unified helps. Because if you notice that the Vietnamese community unifies when it's against a common enemy, right? But we don't really unify when we're trying to do something amongst our own in the community. So hopefully, you know, as our generation gets a little older, we'll learn and understand that that unity does get us further and that we're able to be really unified instead of divisive. Now, I, I, I'm going to take it just another step so we can just have something to talk about here. Sure. The idea of honorifics, which is We have chị tôi, we have bác chú gì, we have all these positions, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you add that with the Confucian way of respecting in the Asian society that creates sort of these roadblocks to say, that guy, that woman is the best of our leader. We're just going to get behind him no matter, even if he's 28 and we're all 45 years old, right? This idea of like an American way of doing it is like you remove the honorifics, you remove the titles, you remove all of it. Best man, best woman leads the team. And that is a little bit tricky when you have to sort of like nhường cho bác hay là nhường cho chú, right? And I think mm-hmm. that that's something like Malcolm Gladwell wrote in a book called Outliers. He broke it down in one chapter saying in the 90s, there were these Korean airline airplanes that were flying into mountains. They were crashing. You know, it's like if you think about the regular percentage of like accidents in the air, it's like one out of 10 million flights would hit, you know, accidents. But in Korea, the Korean airlines in the 90s, this was happening like at 10 times the the, the rate of normal accidents. And they were trying to figure out what happened. In the cockpit, in the black box, they figured out that the honorifics cut down on the ability for a young junior pilot to tell the older captain pilots mm-hmm. that, hey, there's a mountain in 500 yards, we're going to crash. But <laughs> all of that, yeah, too, yeah, and that got in the way of delayed, delayed the time, the reactive time. So I think mm-hmm. that happens a little bit in our community too. This idea, so once they figured that out, they took out Korean language in the cockpit and then the, the, the accidents went down. Because when you remove the honorifics, 
you remove these sort of like titles, then the delay time or the real time in ego or toy, it gets removed. It, it break, breaks down. So I think about these like mechanical things that that happen mm. within our culture that perhaps you know, exists. And when you asked me, Teresa, like uh, the younger generation, do I notice it? I do notice that the younger generation have less of it because they're more Americanized and they don't have to play the honorifics game. Yeah. And so in, in within VCSA, it's funny is because um, my father is a founding member of VCSA. And a lot of the people who are founding members are still a part of the organization 30 years later. But uh for the most part, we are asked uh, to call everybody that is the older generation, like my parents, Angenji. Wow, that's a big yeah, step. Yeah, it's that a is big a step. Huge step. It's a huge step. Figure that out. Uh, hang on just a second. Hang on. I have a dog barking in the background. Give me a second here. I'm sorry. Brilliant, actually. So, who came up with this idea of removing uh, the honorifics and just saying, you know, Anvichi? Um, I'm, I don't really know. I think maybe when Jing Lan came through um, as president, it was really emphasized that she didn't want to be called gold. So technically she's a gold to me. And um, I would I would call her G. So now even to this day, I call her G. And so I think that for the most part, most of us call each other Ang and G within Hoi. Um, now that the younger generation has come in and they're calling me gold, I'm like, oh, now I know why she never wanted to be called gold. You know, yeah. it seems so much older and so much more formal. Um, versus Anginchi in the organization. So I think that that's probably why it, it started that way. So I, I think one of uh, the other reason is too, because Chien Lang came from uh, Hương Đảo, Vietnam, the Boy Scout of Vietnam. And in the Boy Scout, um, we call each other Anchi all the time. No matter how old you are how or how young you are, if I'm older than you, then I'm An. And then if you're younger than me, you're Am. And then when Chien Lang uh, um, uh, formed Chạy Lên Đường, um, the model of Chan Dung is loosely based on some of the Hương Đạo camp. And she just wanted everybody to call each other Anh Chị that, uh, so that we, uh, so, so it sound more uh, cozy, it sound more intim uh, uh, intimate. Nó tạo là một cái một cái cảm giác giống như là mình là anh em trong nhà, không có ai thù hận nhau. Chúng ta đến đây để làm việc và để vui chơi, giải trí chung với nhau. And that's a big difference. That really helps because Trung Giới Nghệ Sĩ is the same way, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, unless you're really, you know, lung tui rồi, như là Ko Kiu Ching, we call her Ko. Yeah. Ilang, you know, Ilang's old enough to probably be my aunt or something, but we call her Chi Ilang. You know, it's mm -hmm. a, that's the way it goes. And I think removing these titles mm -hmm. takes us one step closer to removing the ego, and it really helps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in, in, in contrast, I also like that our culture keeps it a little bit. You know, uh, we recognize our elders, we respect our elders. And so I, I like that aspect. And plus also, I, I love how you can identify how people are related to each other. Yeah. Like, you know, who your yi and your gao is compared to your go and your ju. you know, so when you refer to them that way, then you know what that person, how that person is related. So in some aspects, I kind of like it still. Yeah, there's a beauty to that in the family um, or in a church. I mean, we don't, we don't uh, remove those things for church or family, but uh, it seems like for the arts or for scouts, you know, those uh, those titles work really well. Mm -hmm. I think when it's come to the community, we um, I was I just want to echo your um, your, uh, your story that when it comes to the community, I, I think we should remove all all of those prefixes. You know, we we just just call each other an M or Mister Mrs. Um, so that way we can feel closer closer to each other and, and so so that we when we look at each at, at each other um, you know i only see you and 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 you know i only see you at my at someone that i want to work with and someone that i want to you know grow with not somebody that 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 you know i want to you know be on top of or someone that i want to outdo you know i just want to it's like you can you know when this is the first time i met you and because of the doing cam we have an opportunity to sit here to talk to each other and you know by calling you unken or you or you call me mg you know it, it create nó tạo ra một cái tình thân mật mà từ đó right. giờ tuy là mình chưa gặp nhau mà tự nhiên hôm bây giờ mình gặp nhau mình nói chuyện mà mình giống như là mình là bạn với nhau right. còn hơn là bây giờ gặp nhau chẳng hạn như là oh, hello ông ken hay là hello chú ken <laughs> nó, nó 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 tạo ra một cái giống như là Nhân mình cách. Yeah, yeah giống như tuy là mình respect nhau nhưng mà mình vẫn mình mình feel intimidated by each other yeah. somehow, you know. Không có thân mật, nó không có thân mật. Yeah. 
thôi bây giờ mình có một cái idea nè bây giờ ừ. anh em mình kêu tao mày cho nó cho nó dễ dàng <cười> I don't know about cái đó <cười> cái đó thì đi ra ngoài cái đó đi ra ngoài ăn uống hát karaoke yes <cười> nhưng mà trong hội so đoàn không nên <cười> so when I was younger when I was younger I was taught that that was a bad word Mm-hmm. So because I would go out and all my friends would call each other Tao and my and stuff like that. And so I was said I was told never to call each other that. It's rude. Um it's disrespectful. It's just not nice. So don't use it. So I was taught that it was a bad yeah. word. And so now when I hear it amongst friends it's, cringy. it's Yeah, cringy. Very cringy. But but there's a beauty to it though too. Because um I'll bust it out when I get really close to some of my guy friends, even if they're a little older. And they'll use mm-hmm. it with me. And once we cross that threshold, like I don't, I don't know if you guys know Jinhoi, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. He was a yes. really good friend of mine. He's become a good friend of mine. And whenever he calls me Tavimai, oh my god, it feels so good. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Hey, my," and you know when he calls me my, it feels so something for me. You know, yeah. and I, I, it's like a, a badge of like honor for me for him to call me my. That means we're really close for him to do that. But on the on the flip side of it like if we're on the street and somebody calls me tao and they don't know me mm-hmm. that's a fight those are fighting words now right so it's, yeah, it's disrespectful sometimes yeah. right yeah. yeah but uh it's such a beautiful vietnamese is such a beautiful thing the nuances of, of the language it is and yeah. it's so hard to explain to someone who's not familiar with it it's so hard to explain and, and i wanted to talk to you guys about uh what you just introduced about the interracial relationships because that to me is such an interesting topic and it changes every decade for a per- person like me right like in the early years I, i i i really would never date a vietnamese person and then as i got older i just it, i can't go back i mean i i was married to a taiwanese woman okay. for 10 years and you know we separated and you know my friends say well who would you date? I, was, I couldn't date anybody other than a Vietnamese person. There's no way. It's impossible for me. It's impossible. Yeah, it's, this is the most uh, difficult thing to think about uh, if I dated somebody outside of... Really? It's so deep inside of me. And uh-huh. now for the first time in my life, I'm like so comfortable with who I've become as a Vietnamese person. So, mm-hmm. you know, dating outside... <laughs> Uh-huh. But it is it is very specific to the food we eat, what we call each other, you know, how close you can actually get with another Vietnamese mm-hmm. person if you understand the culture. And I can't, yeah. I will never trade that at this point in my life. So, you know, I'm single and I'm dated outside my race quite a bit. And it's just harder for me to find someone in my, in the, the Vietnamese culture that is really accepting of me as I am whether it's in the way I look, the way I act, the way I talk, because, you know, I am, I consider myself to be a very strong female. And so I feel like it's really hard for me to find someone who is accepting of that, of me in the Vietnamese culture, because a lot of the the males in the Vietnamese culture still have those defined gender roles, right? Um, so I feel that it may be a little different um for me to find someone who's Vietnamese I mean I would love to date a Vietnamese I, I mean I, I I would love to find that that person that's Vietnamese because I love our culture I love our language I love our food and so if I could find that person oh yeah that'd be and, ideal. and I empathize with you because I'll, I'll bust it out right now there's two things that we're looking at here first of all is this idea of yachung right that is a big is, is that Zui is that a, a word right uh, uh when you think of this idea of like the man being the head of the it's called mm-hmm. yachung right is that am i right here and then this other thing of chong chua tui right that is mm-hmm. these things are very prevalent now you dig down into like the second generation like me who was born here i still have to deprogram myself from these gender roles that we haven't caked in in the Vietnamese community. So if I'm so aware of this, right, like every day I'm dealing with this misogynistic sort of programming from my uncles, from my father, from people who had no idea, I cannot imagine what you have to deal with, you know, with guys who are not even aware that this is programmed into our culture. So that's a very, I can empathize with you. Yeah. And, you know, somebody, some, some people told me, Teresa, you're very intimidating. 
you know, you, you, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you're a leader, you go out there, you do things and, you know, you're out there in the community a lot. You volunteer for so much that it's a little intimidating to, to come and approach you and talk to you. And I was like, I never think that I am. I think I'm very approachable, you know, but maybe it's my roles that I have in the community that cause that to happen. I yep. don't know. And so it's, so much easier can, to, it's so much easier to date a white person because they don't have these walls correct. built up and they don't have these programmed, you know, ideas of toxic masculinity. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's very toxic it on that level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can go on this for hours, this, this, because I, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it mm-hmm. as failures in my own marriage or failures in my own ways of being around strong Vietnamese women here in LA, you know, uh, just catching myself going, wait a minute, this is not, this is, this, this doesn't feel right because I'm dealing with these values that were instilled. Let I me mean, let's face it from my mom. Right. She's like, mm-hmm. Gong like, okay, quý, right. It's this whole idea of like the man or the son being so valued. And we have to break those walls down. Cause I have a daughter and I'm like, I cannot allow her to live in that world of, you know, this male hierarchy or patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, back when, uh, remember when I, I say that uh, the, I usually live in Canada and, and I'm never, you know, uh, uh, step outside of Canada, right? So in 2003, when, when the first time when I went to London camp, you know, I have the same mentality, um, you know, um, you know, um, men first and then, you know, woman second. And then when I, uh, at that time, I remember my ideal kind of the wife is like this, okay? Con gái người Huế I don't know if you know that word. Yes, I do know that word. Yes. <laughs> right. And and because I've been, you know, programmed. Program. You know, I've been programmed like that since I was young. Um, you know, con gái là phải biết tam tổng tứ đức. Uh, phải biết nấu nấu ăn rửa chén, phải biết nấu ăn ngon. Um, and all those, all uh, and all of that stuff. And I thought that that would be an ideal woman for me. And then when I went to London camp, and I saw so many different uh, uh type of of of, of uh, women you know, you know independent woman feisty woman uh <laughs> very talented woman and, and 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 you know and then i met ko yu lang lei i don't know if you know ko yu lang lei ko yu lang lei is um um she she used to work for texas instrument she got featured on press by night by nguyen ngoc ngang she's, she's the first i think she's the first female vietnamese female ceo in 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 corporate america and she climbed, you know, all the way from the bottom to the top, and she got a lot of my respect. And then it's not just her. And then, and then because of Lyndon Cam, I get to meet, I get to meet all of this beautiful, uh, independent woman. And my wife is very feisty, stubborn as hell, and and very independent. But she's very smart, and she's very caring, and she's very loving. And because of Lyndon Cam, I was able to see beyond that. That 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 mysterious you know uh, side of her, and I get to see beyond that, you know, and then and then you know, once I was able to break that barrier, I I I I fall in love with her, and then and that's when I know that she's the one I want to marry because I think that because now we live in America, everything has to be equal, um, you know, I mean male female, I I don't think it's matter anymore. I think it's it, it's all about chemistry is all about compa- uh, com- compa- compatibility. Uh, nếu mà mình yêu nhau, mình thương nhau, mà mình không có hợp nhau, thì trước sau gì đi nữa mình cũng sẽ, 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 sẽ ly dị rồi đấy. So. It's true. Very true. Yeah. yeah, very true. So let's go back to the camp. I mean, this is <laughs> such a great topic. And um, I, I like going on these tangents because <laughs> they're it's part of who we are. And I think it's yeah. part of like life. And, you know, it's related to the journey of Lindung and all these ideas of like, you know, interracial marriage that, that you guys have introduced. Why uh, is the camp limiting sort of only under 300? Is that a, on purpose or because I could see something like this going to like 500 people, a thousand people easily, <laughs> but why limit it? To and it's simply just logistics, um, just logistics and the number of staff we have available. And we've had larger camps, like 300, 300 plus. And it's just been very tough for us as staff to 
um, control the, the activities. Um, we plan every single activity. And so when you plan for a larger number, it takes a, quite a bit more in terms of logistics and planning. And also in terms of finding locations that can house that many people. Um, and so that's really what's hindered us from a really growing camp. And we feel that with a smaller number of 200, 250 or so, we're able to give each camper the best experience that they can have. Um, they're not lost amongst uh, the large number of campers. The campers to staff ratio is a lot better. And so it kind of helps facilitate um, all of the ideals that we're ha hoping to have at camp, which is that sense of bonding, that sense of community. And, you know, that's really one thing that I really appreciate about Camp Lindung is, like Jamie said, I met him through camp, um, but I, I have a, I call a Canadian family. They are my brothers and my sisters, and I would never have met them had it not for Lindung Camp. In fact, I we have, I have friends all over the U.S. Yeah. because I've met them through Lindung Camp, whether it's in D.C., Seattle, or wherever. And so that's something that we really um, want to emphasize is the fact that you're going to create bonds at Linden Camp that you would never have created had it not been for Linden Camp. I can imagine. But now here's the other question. Mm -hmm. The amount of returning campers, the amount of returning attendees, that has to sort of drop off in order for new people to come in to experience the camp. So do you all have sort of a limitation on how many times you can attend? Or is it basically the same people showing up every year after year? with a little bit of new people. How, is there a format to that formula? Jamie? No, I, I, um, I don't think so because I, I've been, you know, I, I've been to the camp for the last 20 years. And then I think every two years, um, you know, I mean, we, we have different kind of campers coming in because every year we have, um, uh, you know, London camp at different location. And then uh, every time we have a different location, half of the campers that go to the camp is from that location. And and let let let's just say we have about 150 to 200 campers per year. Um, probably you know 20 or 30 of them come back for the second year, and then after that they're gonna join us. If if, if they love London camp that much, they would join the staff team, and then so that we can continue uh, London camp for years to come. Because London camp is not run by the elders. London camp is run by former lending campers mm. um people like me people like teresa and then we continue that tradition because we believe in it and 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 then the reason why um we can only limit 200 campers uh it, it, you know i'm going to be real because budget uh it caught believe it or not it costs us a hundred thousand dollars to put this camp together and you know, in the past, uh, in the 90s and in the in, in the two, 2000s, it's easy to do this camp because, you know, Lendun Camp was the only camp, you know, in the United States that do this kind of thing. But now, um, since like five, ten years ago, uh, because of YouTube and all the stuff and Facebook and, and TikTok and all the stuff, all these young people nowadays, they have so many exposures, like they... They, they can go learn anything, uh, you know, uh, either at home or their parents going to send them to, you know, music camp, sport camp, whatever camp that they can go to. I mean, it's so easy for them to, to they, they have access to, to so many different camps. So Linda have to continue to innovate. How can we stay on top mm. uh, and how can we continue to be the camp that people want to come? So every year we always have to come up with new ideas. Uh, we have to come... We have to go to all the camp, like uh, like like you mentioned, Jai Jai uh, in Washington, um, the UNAFSA camp. We attend those camp too. And back then, we used to have, um, I think, uh, uh, the 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 London conference, the Tu uh, wow. conference in 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 California. We went to that too, so that we can learn from each other, so that we can 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 find more way to to innovate. You know, so that we can attract more young campers to come because $100,000 is a lot to, to do the camp. So we need a lot of sponsors and we need a lot of help too. And and the only way to do that is you have to, you have to do it from the heart. That's why we have, the, yeah. the, that's why we have that team theme. So if you have that passion and we love, you love the camp, you will continue to come back and give. And I think that um, I, I can probably say that I think, 
Linden Camp is one of the first leadership camps we had for that age range that is for those in the Vietnamese community. And uh, uh, there are so many camps out there right now. And mm-hmm. a few of them, I think, have been spawned or created by former Linden campers um, mm-hmm. who have seen what we've done, who branched out and created their own camps in their own areas. And that has grown also. So I have to say, we are probably one of the first youth leadership camps for this age range for the Vietnamese community. And so I'm, I'm proud to declare that to everybody. And I, I'm proud to say that a lot of our former campers have gone out and started their own uh, camps out there. And not just that, we have many, many of our former campers who have created their own um, community groups, nonprofit groups that have focused on their passions. And so this camp, Landon Youth Leadership Camp, really does create future leaders of the community. So let's talk about the dates and how people can sign up for it. Sure. So Landon Camp this year is going to be over Memorial Day weekend. That is from Friday, May 26th, which is like probably in the early afternoon of that day to Mm -hmm. um, early Monday afternoon, the 29th. Um, And this year it'll be at YMCA Camp Cullen in Trinity, Texas. And that's about an hour and a half drive north of Houston. Um, And so we uh, currently have early bird registration right now. And as a discounted rate of $195, what that includes is um, all meals, room and board. So this is not actual camping in a tent. Uh, We will be in cabins with bunks, with showers. Um, You'll be fed all day uh, with snacks. And what I really like is the Ankuya, uh, which is the late night meal. It's always fun. Midnight snack. Or midnight <laughs> oh, snack. Good. Midnight snack. Love it. Um, yeah. So I always like it because it's always traditionally um, Vietnamese food, whether it's pho or jiao or what have you. Because during the day, the camp provides the food and it's usually American food. And yeah. You- and so after, after March 20th, the fee goes up to $225. There's such a magic to this idea of that, you know, and queer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have jiao and, you know, when it's cold and we're out and it's just the bonding of being around người kuman, you know, mm-hmm. we're eating jiao and such a, a magical thought. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, you know, like you said earlier, when you said growing up, you would never imagine dating a Vietnamese girl, right? And I think that as we, as the first generation that was born here in the U.S., or I was, it was more of trying to assimilate. Yeah. So you didn't connect with your culture very much. But as you get older, maybe around high school, college years, you really craved that. You craved it. And so you searched for it. And I think that this camp allows you to fulfill that craving you have of being more immersed in your culture, learning more about your culture. And and I think that there are aspects of this camp that really focus on teaching you things about your culture that you never knew. And even if it's cultural things um, that you lived with, but you never realized it was culture, I think you will find that at this camp also. Yeah. I. It's not that I didn't grow up with it. I grew up with Vietnamese women that were beautiful that I dated, but the psychological separation of wanting to assimilate so bad and being a white American, it overwhelmed the idea of the actual bonding with a Vietnamese woman or Vietnamese culture. So for me, uh, it was always there. Uh, I was in the military for four years. And every time I went in the first two years of the military and I went to the chow hall, I would look for the name tag, wing, young fam or whatever, right? I would always look and then I would like gather them and then we would party together. We would do weekends where we cook together in our rooms. So it was always there, but it was, there was a separation, this disconnect of, being Vietnamese and allowing the culture to be fully integrated into my own personality and be proud of it. It was always segmented. Now today, just you know, being 47 now, I can fully appreciate and both cultures can exist. The American culture and the Vietnamese culture can exist side by side. As well, I can imagine being at the Camp Lindung is something that will allow the youth to kind of like see that it's but young people today are much more open to this sort of like duality or third culture kids it's not the struggle that i think that Teresa and i probably do you're probably a little younger than us right no 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 not that much i'm turning 45 this year damn you look young holy cow i thought you were like i swear (laughs) to god i thought he was like 28 30 years old this is 
audience members, when you're look, listening to this, this is not what what he looks to me. So, wow, I thought you were like under 30 for, for real. Yeah, you're right. definitely in our generation. It's the future. <laughs> wow, amazing. But so, yeah, I mean, there's this idea of like being able to kind of like coexist in the, the space of being proud of being Vietnamese and then being American today. It's just a beautiful thing. So I also I do a lot of volunteer work, but I also volunteer for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which is the largest rodeo mm -hmm. in, I guess, the nation. One of the largest. The and huh? the best. The best. So I am actually on leadership in one of my committees. So there's, you know, like 20,000 volunteers. They're, vol they're broken down in different committees. And I'm actually the vice chairman, one of the vice chairmen on my committee. And the rodeo itself is maybe 85% Anglo. Yeah. Caucasian. And, so, and I'm probably one, probably less than 0.001% of people who are in leadership that are not Caucasian. And so it's hard because I have to straddle, you know, going to VCSA, speaking all Vietnamese, doing all the Vietnamese culture stuff, and then going to the rodeo, which is going ongoing right now, and leaving all that behind. And that includes if I have a committee member, I do have committee members on my committee that are Vietnamese, not speaking Vietnamese because it makes other people uncomfortable. Right. So as a total straddling between the two, totally um what a, i had a friend that called it something i forgot what she called it but it was basically turning it off and turning it back on code switching yeah code switching that's it that's the word yeah so yeah. uh and it, it's it's just part of who i am now to the point where i just do it naturally i don't even think about it anymore so yeah and that's integrated in who we are as vietnamese americans yeah so you know thank you both for coming on today and I look forward to meeting you on Memorial Day weekend. Is there any other things that we can sort of let the audience know if they're interested in going, you know, website, you know, Twitter, IG, whatever that we need to help promote the, the, uh, the idea of, uh, Camp Lindung. We can talk about it now. Yeah. Um, so, um, so Lindung camps, um, we have a lot of scholarships, um, um, available, uh, for the, um, for people that, that that need financial aid, um, especially out of state campers, uh, we have over ten scholarships, and the scholarships of uh from two hundred dollars to five hundred dollars. You and you can find all all of this information on uh, www.learndungcam.com or .org. Um, or just go to Google and type Learn Doing Cam. You will see you will see Learn Doing Cam. Uh, 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 you know, links pop up everywhere because. We we have been featured on Paris by Night. Uh, we've been around uh, since nineteen ninety eight. So we've been around for a long time. So Google has a good good track records of of who we are. But so you can so you can visit our website www.lendungcam.com to find out more about us or to register and and sign up for that early bird price, which is only one hundred ninety five dollars. After March twentieth, it's gonna go up to two hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah, I mean, if people think about it, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're a young student or a young person and you don't have 195, it's like, I get it. I understand. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're a working professional and you're in your 20s, late 20s, early 30s, I mean, this is 195 is like peanuts. I mean, we have mm -hmm. to understand that this is fully financed from sponsors in the community and the goodwill mm -hmm. of like big business people that really lock them and put the money out so you can experience this. And the 195 is really, it's really peanuts, chump chain compared to what you can get from the, for the weekend. And, you know, um, we are really grateful for the sponsors that have helped us, uh, including Regal Nail Salon and Spa, the offices of Michael Dow CPA, Texas Instruments, Ms. Zuyan Le, Nam Cafe, uh, Lyceum Life Skills and Professional Development, the Institute for Civic Education. So we would not be able to put on this camp without these sponsors. Um, and we continue to seek out sponsors. If there's anybody out there that would like to sponsor this organization, um, feel free to uh, go on the website, landoncamp.org, or you can uh, reach out to me directly. My email is teresa.trin at vcsa.org. That's T-E-R-E-S-A dot T-R-I-N-H at V as in Victor, C-S-A dot O-R-G. 
Thank you both. Oh, you can that. email to uh, or you can email to uh, lendungcam at vcsa.org. Wonderful. And, you know, again, we return back to the sponsorship. Without mm -hmm. these sponsors in our community, we cannot move the sort of mountains that we move. It's like we need these corporate sponsors. We need these big business people to, you know, give back and they do. And it's just amazing. And anybody out there who is considering going to the camp should really look into it because it's really a steal. Um, you know, and I understand if you're a young student, that's a whole nother thing. But, you know, if you're out in the space and you're in the corporate world and you're working, please look into this. Thank you. And if, both you're, a student, and if you're a student, we have plenty of sponsorships available out there. From like Jamie said, from two to five hundred dollars, that will cover airfare for those that have to travel. Yeah. In addition to your camp fees, so there really isn't um, any hindrance in you attending camp. Yeah, thank you both so much for coming on today, and I hope to see you Memorial Day weekend uh, as I come in, and you know, can't wait to give you both a hug uh, when I see yes. you. Yes, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to the Vietnamese with Kenneth Wynn. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcasts.